found someone who would love to be interviewed. I just got inspired by an interview by Eric Cartman on NPR. <laughs> so I'm not going to be that same type of guest. Okay, we'll see what we can get out of him. <laughs> but, um, so, um, what's your favorite type of tea? That's hard. Definitely an herbal tea. I'm very sensitive to caffeine. And mm -hmm. uh, I like the taste of green tea the best, actually. Mm -hmm. I don't drink it very often because it'll keep me up at night. Even okay. if I think I'm safe and I'm drinking it, you know, early afternoon. Even if you're not overheated? Overheated? <laughs> you're sleeping? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so watch out for green tea. What do you think Jesus' favorite type of tea was? I've never thought about that. Probably chamomile. Chamomile? Yeah. Why? Or dandelion root. Hmm, strategic. You know, back in the day, it used to be medicinal. <laughs> and now we think it's a weed. But it's making a comeback. But I think okay. back then, Jesus knew his herbs. Yeah, he probably did. If there are any herbs out in the Middle East. Do you think there were? I do. Well, I think that's probably an educated guess. <laughs> um, do you think that Jesus wore, um, ever wore a coat? Or do you think it looked more like a robe? Again, I've never thought about this. I think Jesus wore, I've only ever envisioned Jesus wearing a robe, but like, what about in inclement weather? I'm sure that, you know what, I'm sure he wore plenty of coats, but he was, you know, the whole approach of, you know, helping the, those who are needy. And so, do you think Jesus ever helped slaughter an animal to make a coat for someone else? No. Why? I don't think so. I think he was, as the stories go, he was too busy, you know, performing miracles and whatnot. I don't, I don't know if the Bible... What's your favorite Jesus miracle? <laughs> <laughs> um, you can make one up too. Oh, okay. Well, I know them, but... My favorite Jesus miracle uh -huh. is when it was so, so dry one summer um, and all of the farmers and peasants, um, it was like a dust bowl but out in the middle of nowhere and all the farmers and peasants could barely get any crop yield at all. And so uh -huh. they asked Jesus for help uh -huh. and uh, he decided that he could cry so many tears that he could hydrate their crops. Really? <laughs> Is that in the Bible? Absolutely. I like that one. And yeah, he internalized their pain um, and cried all the tears out for them. Thoroughly dehydrated himself. However, the crops <laughs> grew. He couldn't drink some of his own tears enough. Yeah. So. Uh huh. Yeah, the co the crops grew. They um, weren't too. It wasn't too salty. To mm -mm, no, the crops. They uh, got all their electrolytes, and they were bigger and more abundant than ever. Um, uh -huh. 
And they threw a party. Yeah. The next day. After Did they have everything Lebanese spinach, spinach triangles? They, you know, they might have. I don't think... I think they did. Yeah, I think they had those. I think, in fact, those were the centerpiece. Yeah. What did they eat them with? Like lemon, obviously, but what else? Um, hamburger helper. That's a bad answer. What do you think that um, Jesus thought when he saw people that he didn't like crying? <laughs> Or actually, take that back. How do you feel when you see people that you genuinely don't like when they cry? How do I feel when I see people that I don't like and they, they're they so, crying? Yeah, do you ever see people you don't like crying? I don't dislike that many people. Can you imagine in your mind's eye someone that you do dislike crying? I think, okay, let's mention this. Like, Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Crying. It would depend what it was for. If he was, like... he was caught or like if he got caught up in some sort of scandal of his own doing uh-huh. and got impeached, for example, and it was uh-huh. crying, I would not feel bad for him. I wouldn't relish in it either though. Would you let him water your crops <laughs> with his tears? No. Would I, you eat mm-hmm. uh, something fertilized by Donald Trump's tears? Never. Yeah. And I just wouldn't trust it. Ew. He, his favorite food is like hamburgers and steaks. Oh, hamburger helpers. Yes. I don't it's think good that Jesus is. did the crying before the Yes. Exactly. Jesus was a raw vegan, you didn't know that? I thought he was. Yeah, he obviously was. <laughs> raw vegan. Yeah. Um, if Donald Trump was crying, like if something awful happened to him or whatever, like something like life, you know, I would feel very bad for him, even though I hate, I don't. Mm, I strongly dislike him. I'd still feel bad. Um, so yeah, I don't think I would be happy if I disliked anyone. Like if a friend and I got into a big fight and weren't friends anymore, and then I saw them crying about something, I would feel really bad still for them. Like I would mm-hmm. empathize because I have cried before as well. It's usually, I don't know, crying can be a really good thing. But, so I guess it would also depend what they were crying about, like I said. If they were crying out of joy, then maybe, I don't know. People it, don't cry out of joy enough. I know. We need more. Yeah, it's true. Um, so what are some of your favorite sentences that you see in front of you right now? Sentences? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Not like sentences to death yeah, or yes. something like that. But. Um... I like this phrase, the phrase bleeding forest. Hmm. Um, I like dance for secret peace. I like that one. Of course, I like though ferocious these puppies' dreams never lie and will bring gorgeous eternity of love and flowered trust. Hmm. I must urge you never worship, be naked. Um, and Did then, Stephen make those when he came over? Which one? These. These? Yeah. Maybe. Are they new? I think he so. He looked. Sacred over here. <laughs> fluff. Is fluff part of it? I don't think so. Finger of caramel was devoured. Hmm. Was it devour? I think that's what they meant. Um, 
I wrote, I put glass goddess, diamond apparatus. That's me. It, exactly. Oh, I was no. describing you. Yeah. You are always beauty. Um, ooh, did, melting as smoke beneath the chocolate universe. Did Vidushi make that one? I don't know. Was that? that was you guys. Was it? I think I so. I didn't do that one. Maybe she did. That one's good. Oh, Vidushi wrote, I sort, sordidly run time. Mm-hmm. And she also wants to be someone who just meditates out of, um, outside of funeral places. Yes. That's extreme. That is very extreme. Okay. Um, if all the glass in the world had to turn one color that wasn't clear, what color would you turn it? Ooh, um... purple but like a vibe like a yeah like a really not a super dark purple you could still see through it mm -hmm. like a light a light to medium like a medium purple mm -hmm. and kind of even a, windows yeah I guess if it all had to turn one color I would any choice I would make I would regret it after I'd be like I wish it could be a different color now because everything is the same. What about water? Water to be a color. I would want it to like shimmer. Like I would want oh, it to like cool. glow. I, I would want it. I would want its physical appearance to reflect how important it is to us. Like it would just be like liquid gold. Yeah, it makes me think of wanting to see. Like, things sort of light up, like, feel the connection, you know, like when we do our Tarzan hand thing, yes. like, if it lit up with with light, oh you know it. what I mean? I would love that. That would be so cool. Um, yeah, I would like the flow of energy. Mm -hmm. mm. What are three things that scare you off the top of your head? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, death came to mind, even though it, I don't think it scares me that much. I think aging is the bigger one that comes uh -huh. with that. Oh my god. Unfulfilled potential mm -hmm. and losing those I love. Um like they're that either them dying or like relationships of people I really love um being like destroyed. I think that those are three absolutely terrifying things. What? Terrifying things. Yeah. Um Yeah. How do you protect yourself? How? Mm-hmm. Oh goodness. Uh I I need to think. It's probably so instinctive. I don't share like it's interesting. I think I share a lot of things, especially for men in this country and probably world. I'm able to open up more, but I still just like all people have like this facets of myself that I can if you think of me as like a multifaceted like gem and every person like that like there's a certain fact you can rotate yourself and show a certain facet and I think I show more sides than most people but it's just like uh there's certain sides that you don't you know how does that sides. protect you from death or aging <laughs> I don't think it does it doesn't protect me from either what about of those. your relationships how does that help oh I think I 
I don't know how it does. I think that it just depends. Like we have this fear that if we open up to everyone completely that they'll leave us, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that, you know, we have everyone I believe has darkness that we're not proud of or like anything like that, that we believe or we have fear that if we show others that or open up that, you know, they might turn away. It's like really hard. And, but I also don't feel a pressing need oftentimes to share those things. Like they don't, I don't, I also don't feel like I bury these fears or anything. I just like work through them as they come and I don't compartmentalize or anything. I, I mean, no, I don't compartmentalize to like a really extreme degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that I, uh, yeah, I think that I, uh, just have like a good, I'm able to give myself perspective when I need it. Um, which is not, that's the opposite of how I guard myself. It's more about, that's, I think that's like how I open up or how I unguard myself more is to like provide myself with perspective to, I've practiced for a while. I've just, I think in life there's been many times in the past few years of my life where I knew I had the purest intention like I could feel mm-hmm. um, to want to help someone who was hurting or anything like that. And it like, didn't work out or, or it did sometimes. It's just to be able to hold myself delicately because I know I'm, I genuinely believe I am inherently good. I am inherently I inherently want to raise others up and make the world a place of less suffering and more joy and fulfillment for those around me. And so I, and that takes like, it's just like this exercise of making friends with yourself. I think I started doing that because I had these instances where like, a real vulnerability where I saw some people struggling profoundly and I didn't hesitate to help them. And it just proved to me like you have like, you have a good heart and don't forget that. Like remind yourself of it often, you know, but like remind yourself of it often, even when you make mistakes, you you can't start beating yourself up that's when you that's in it's shitty because like and i don't i still do it sometimes but it's just like i have a much lower threshold to where i'm like okay i'm like don't want to do this anymore and i want to just start telling myself these other things and like, it, I didn't believe I don't it. want to do what anymore. I don't want to like be beating myself up over yeah. a mistake I made or over a time where like, I wasn't able to show up for someone like I think, and I think that has to do with like a huge part of that secret 
it's not a secret, but a huge part of that working is like abandoning ego. Like, especially for me as someone who's like super high achieving or whatever throughout my life uh-huh. and realizing like that doesn't fucking matter at all. And <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> and like, happy but like to be wrong is was really hard for me as a kid i hated losing i hated being wrong and uh just deconstructing that like removing the ego being like being able to come up to someone and say i am sorry will you forgive me like and tell me where it hurts tell me how i hurt you Mm -hmm. um it's super cathartic and it's like that's such a different flavor of power Mm -hmm. it's like this it's like a it feels like this like orb embedded deep within you instead of something on the surface. Like there's so mm-hmm. many surface power feelings Yeah, and being able to admit fault, ask for forgiveness. Like those seven things were huge for me to start trying to just be kinder to myself. I think like, I don't know, being able to, feel seen by someone else. Um, yeah. And I've come to realize that like a lot of people really struggle with that. And I have had friends who like, or just people in my life that I've seen that just like, cannot do that. Mm-hmm. And I realized like that's a non-negotiable for me now. Mm-hmm. Like people need to be able to communicate, have reconciliation. Um, yeah, I'm gone on such a tangent. No, I that's not think, even close to a tangent. <laughs> I also think that like the reconcil the word reconciliation is impactful for me to use. Like it's just I have a very strong correlation with that word in like my Catholic upbringing. Because um, you would there's a sacrament called reconciliation that you go to and you go to a priest and. Uh-huh. Think about sins that you've done. Do you think I should grow up to be a priest? No. A Catholic priest? No. Okay. Continue. Not at all. Like zero. And I'll tell you why. Okay. But you go up to a priest and you tell him your sins. Yeah, you can't even be a Catholic priest. Women aren't allowed. So okay. they wouldn't let you. So, but I think that you could. Maybe you could change I, their minds. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that is a noble cause is to... Try and just get them to shift on that. Until they see her, how sarcastic yeah. I am. <laughs> that's how I'll heal everyone from their sins. <laughs> Through sarcasm? So oh my god. I'll pay them the faith plus one. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, at the end of it, at the end of telling your sins, the priest is like, say, like, 12 Hail Marys and say, like, 50 all Our Fathers. Not that many, but you, like, say all these prayers and, like, then you'll be healed of your sins. Like, and it's like, mm-hmm. they describe it as like, like a little, um, like a little power wash for your soul or like, you know, like a little, uh, highlights or whatever. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't say that, but like, uh, whatever, like a pick me up for your soul. Mm-hmm. And it's so yeah. dumb, but I feel like if you were a priest, you would say the funniest things. You'd be like, Okay, go do seven cartwheels and then go give your clothing that you're wearing to a stranger. Or I don't know what you would say. You know, you wouldn't say it that. It would get but weirder than that, it, yes. Yeah, it would just be, like, absurd. And 
it might actually help them more. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. It made me think of the what I was saying before about if I could do an interview with Donald Trump and give him mantras. Yeah. But Yeah, it's so yeah, that'd be so funny. It's so interesting this idea of reconciliation, which I've only done I think once or twice in my whole life. Like you do it for your sacrament and then like you should go like as often as you need, but like we recommend like blah, 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 however long, like once or twice a year. And I never went back because it was odd. And it's like, I think that so, like that paradigm, especially it's so easy to feel like prayers are a form of currency. Like to, it, it is this weird exchange and it's, you have like a debt to pay, I guess, but it's yeah. Debt and this whole mm-hmm. idea of making it about this currency which you sit there and you can so easily just ignore the lessons that are learned about it. Mm-hmm. You actually can. And I remember going through that as in the innocence of my childhood, being like, sitting down with my parents and I'm like, okay, what do I say? And they're like, well, what did you do in the past couple of weeks? Like, let's think, let's try to think about <laughs> something. Like uh-huh. in order to, in order to go through this exercise, I had uh-huh. to like scrounge my brain to think about, things I had done, which I had already probably been disciplined for anyway uh-huh. at home. Be like, oh, I fought with my siblings or, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't do the dishes or something, or I disobeyed my parents. That's such a big thing. Mm-hmm. I disobeyed my parents. And it's just like, but like, that tells none of, that tells you nothing about the backstory about this. Yeah. Why? What are your motivations? Do you want to talk that through? And you just yeah. go and tell it to this priest who just listens and then, says nothing to you because of course they're not a licensed therapist or anything they go (laughs) hmm let's think of a number of prayers you have to say and then it's Uh fine Mm -hmm. and like you don't address any of the root causes of what you're doing and and i don't even know how like it just seems now that i'm more removed from that it's just so absurd and it's like if you could go do that on your own but that's not part of the narrative like you don't get guided to do that in the church setting itself. Like you could go do that on your own, but so I'm not really sure. I I don't know if it claims to be that sort of function that like we should heal and heal is definitely what they say. Heal from your sins, but like learn and grow and work through all of the residual shit that like is there through your mistakes. Like that's not anything I heard growing up and I don't think that's it at all as far as I know. So it's such a strange idea. What are any other major things that you associate with going to church? Oh my God, so many. But I will say one last thing. I think that people all the time they hear like, a lot of people make this case like it's so stupid people just can think they think they can sin as much as they want and then they can just go and <laughs> go to confession is also what it's called uh-huh. and confess it all. And then it's fine. And it gives them a free pass. And I don't think people do that. It's not that bad or that overt, but I certainly think that that critique holds weight. Like I was describing where it's uh-huh. just circumventing all of these other root issues. However, okay, well now moving on, I associate well, the th- I just wanted to say that the thing about, oh, I'll just sit as much yeah. as I want and mm-hmm. then confess. Like, I'm sure people do that, mm-hmm. but it's obviously, like, it doesn't do anything for them. Yeah, Because like, your mm-hmm. internal experience doesn't isn't going to get any better for doing that. So yes. it's like the whole 
process is like mm-hmm. I don't know, useless. No, absolutely. But other things I associate with Catholic Church choirs, crackers. Are there any church songs that you like? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What's one or some of them? I know, like, cause you're. Uh, um. Oh gosh. Okay. I mean. Now I can't think of it. There's like. Oh, I forget the one that came to mind that I don't remember the words for. It's like the melody is like. Na 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 na. It's like and lead me, Lord, today. I'll have to make sure my mom doesn't listen to this when she gets Christian songs. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean. Actually, sorry, mom. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. I, yeah, some of them get stuck in my head. There was Alleluia um, that you would just sing. But there was, like, other one. There's so many that once, if I started hearing them, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I know at least the melody. Yeah. I'm Basically, sure you know yeah, what song. Music is super catchy. But, yeah, that's one that can, I could sit here and come up with so many if you mm-hmm. give, give me enough time. Um, and there's ones that you'd sing, like, every single church. Like, Christ has died. Christ is risen. That's how it would sound. It's like it would echo, like super. I in, like the when the, co- the chorus would uh-huh. sound like doomy. Mm-hmm. I but, like the, for some reason like when you call Christ Emmanuel. Oh like, yeah. Oh, uh, I was like, yeah. There's a, yeah. There's some. Is, oh, I was. Yeah, I can't think of it. Um. There's, of course, all the Christmas songs, too. Like, those are very catchy. But we have, uh... Emmanuel, I forget how it goes. Emmanuel, Yeah. Rejoice, rejoice. Yeah. I, uh... Yes, yeah, it's, it's just interesting. I Now that I haven't thought about this in a while, but lots of things remind me of that. And, uh... Like, in so many ways, like red wine, stained glass, um, certain carpeted patterns. Like, oh no, all the stained glass would just be purple. <laughs> I know, right? Oh no. Anything like that, white robes, um, obviously. That, that made candles. me remember that I actually, I have had a love of certain churches. Like my favorite place in Paris was Notre Dame. Like it really yeah. was, and it was a church. It was so gorgeous. It is so gorgeous. So they are, especially older churches like that. Gorgeous cathedrals, so mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, the ones that I grew up in were not pretty. And uh, do you like musicals at all? I know that's a general question. Yeah, but I wasn't a musical kid. But I've learned to like them more. Like I. I had seen a couple, I knew the big ones, like, and I, I still don't, I would not by any means call myself, like, someone who knows musicals very well. There's a French musical that I love. I never, yeah. I thought I hated musicals, but I found these couple French musicals that I love. I want to Oh my show gosh, you one. please, yes. So yeah, anyway, back to the church stuff. Yeah. What's the most poignant thing that pops out to you about um, having experienced church? I think... Thinking about church, it was like very rarely did I ever want to go. 
it was like this feeling of obligation and it's like that's shouldn't like you shouldn't go if I mean you shouldn't force yourself to go that's kind of not the point of it uh and like where is it <laughs> I don't know see I mean like maybe but that's not the, st- the stated sure, point sure. <laughs> I think like at its core it's like you should go of your own volition and you should be seeking at this and building this relationship with God and like not, I don't know. It's just this odd thing. Like this idea, super authoritative, authoritarian and authoritative feelings and like feelings of shame, a lot of feelings of shame. Um, yeah, like a, a lot. And I, uh, it was crazy. Like I remember we had our own like sex ed stuff <laughs> and it was Sunday school. And mm-hmm. so when you're 13 or whatever, you have to go do it. And my parents sent all of us to do this. And it was like as bad as you would think where you're taught abstinence only you're taught, you know, relationships or marriages between a man and a woman. Like I just overtly taught these things. Um, they split up the boys and girls. How long does it take to teach that <laughs> abstinence only? <laughs> yeah. We're done. Well, we would do like readings about things and be like, there was like odd freaking case studies and also like reading, like trying to find biblical evidence to support it. And then they'd be <laughs> like, now that, and they would also like talk about like how we would like, they would talk about how like you shouldn't try, you shouldn't like masturbate if you can help it. Like, <laughs> How like the one of the most striking things I remember. They're like now the girls that should be with the priest teach about. Yeah, like what the fuck? The priest didn't teach us. It was like you know faith leaders. Uh-huh. They're like now the girls are over in their room getting their talk and like they're being told not to like dress in ways that tempt you all. Literally, really? we, wow. mm-hmm, they're like, but you all need to have like willpower too and blah blah blah, and like just like oh my god, like perpetuating this idea of like victims ask for it you know like it starts there and we're 13 12 you know like and it's like teaching you to look when you look at each other to see it as a sexual thing. yes okay exactly and that's what i was talking about the other day about the super bowl halftime show with shakira and uh j-lo apparently like the fec reported that they had like oh like 1700 like people complain about it Parents mostly, you know, adults being like, the, and almost all of them were saying it was too sexy. My children, like my children, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I, like you realize this, and I think I read a tweet about it or something. And I'm like, yes, this is spot on. Kids don't sexualize things as much as you think that they do. Like we are taught to sexualize people inherently in that way. To sexualize people through like just like their clothing or through their expression and through dance or whatever it yeah. is how they're exhibiting themselves. And there's so much non-sexual, raw human power, beauty and expression and just doing those things. Like I genuinely believe that. And I, I think it's very few people. And it's almost one of those things where like we, we we teach we put this label of it on like, Oh my God, this is bad. This is sexy and bad. And it creates this weird shame around it. Like you're, we're, we're, whereas really, yeah, whereas really, if like, I feel like if, if anything, we're going to come from like a six year old boy or some six year old, some child who finds these women attractive coming up to their parents and be like, they dance. So I love the way they dance. I want to kiss them. Like they would probably say that, you know? And then 
their parents could have a conversation about it instead you know what i mean instead of putting these ideas of like that's too sexy that will corrupt you well, it's, maybe they should say children should, don't care about the super bowl yeah, and you should yeah. no one should care about the super bowl well yes yeah, that's uh, yes that's the lesson moral of the story yes but yes exactly but i just feel like kids obviously children have like children understand their sexuality even at a young age like i mm-hmm. obviously believe that i went through that myself and it's observed time and time again. Like it's very like, yes. And so these concepts around like censorship and also just like that sexuality is like inherently like it's corrupting for children or whatever. It will corrupt their minds and things like that. I think that that's such a strange. Well, it will the way that adults use it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. You're right. Exactly. But it's like, we're worried about all the wrong things. You should not be worried about Shakira and Jennifer Lopez dancing and at a halftime show, you know? Yeah. Like, no, not at all. <laughs> Jeez. Like, like they should, like, in, in fact, data shows you should be like way more worried about whatever fucking priest is in your, you know, yes. area. Like you should be like your immediate community is where your kids are going to be abused and scarred if it's going to happen yeah it's like not happening through the television no um and then but then of course like because of our like there are there are of course overtly corrupt things that some kids that you can be exposed to through the media totally like there are things that yes i that's not to say that there are things that can absolutely corrupt children but it's like the very overt things like the way that we like old like old shows and the way that shows portrayed women and slut shamed women and things like that like the this this like adult humor type of thing um oh my God, our humor is yeah it's like yeah it's all but, of these but yeah i just wanted to say based yeah. on what you said that i do think it's much more about the people around you than what you see on tv or anything like oh, because yeah. all already by the time i might have talked about this a little bit already yeah. by the time i was in elementary school if i dressed in a way that was like me really expressing feeling beautiful mm-hmm. i already started feeling like i got way too much attention that i really didn't want and then by the time i was in middle school like Especially being like a tall yeah. person and everything. If I were just like a dress, I got so much more attention. Wow. Negative yeah. attention than I would ever want. So I just learned to not not dress up how it felt beautiful and expressive to me mm-hmm. because the amount of attention I would get would be so wow. much pressure. Now, what do you think would... Do you think that the ideal fix is that like everyone is free to dress that way so we all it's almost like if everyone was wearing a beautiful dress or whatever (laughs) whatever they felt like to express themselves that it would be less of a big deal it's almost like you were we have this we have this really strange and i think it's put onto us by adults like this strange baseline of like modesty and i'm not saying modesty yeah, yeah i'm not saying modesty as in like not not just like covering your skin but just like not being fit in yeah to fit in mm -hmm, like to wear normal clothing or to wear normally colored clothing or clothing that corresponds with your gender that we've 
assigned like that you know okay. boys don't wear sparkly shirts and girls don't wear i don't know whatever yeah and uh so many things so yeah and obviously like the obvious thing with women is that you're treated like something for someone else's pleasure mm-hmm. so immediately all that already by the time i was really young i knew that like it, people act like you dress up for them do you know what i mean yes um, well i don't yeah, yeah i know that's yeah well but it feels really yeah it's funny it's been so long i got so used to dressing down to not um have so much attention but it's something, of course, that you really want. Like, I remember when I've traveled some places that were more, um, where I could more liberally just wear mm-hmm. what I felt best in. And then I'd come back to the United States and get so much attention that I redialed it back. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like. Wow. Um, because it just, people can't handle it. People are so programmed to sexualize things so fast and treat you like an object so fast. It's like they just can't help it. Like, yeah. you know, you don't wear a bra. People can't help it. They're, yeah. It's like, oh, it's really immature. Um, it really is. A reaction. Absolutely. But then, yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see if there's. <laughs> What, what's the last couple things? Um, oh, yeah. I think I'm going to quiz you on Lebanon. Oh, my God. I don't know anything about it. Um, we'll see. Maybe you'll get everything right. Um, how do you spell Lebanon? L-E-B-A-N-O-N. Good. And what's the capital of Lebanon? I don't know. Come on. What? You, you don't know your world capitals. It's Lebanon. Damascus. Oh, I did know that. Mm-hmm. I That's don't. not true. I thought it was Damascus. It's Beirut. Beirut. Oh. Sorry. Wow. It, and about how many people live in Lebanon? I'm going to say... Nine million. Not a terrible guess. Six million. A okay. little more than six million. Okay. Um... Let's see. Who do you think is the shortest person? What's the shortest person in Lebanon's name? <laughs> I think their name is... Um, I think it's a woman, and I think that her name is... Lebanon. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think don't her think name it. is Lebanon. I think her name is... Um, Trying to think of a Lebanese name. All right, think about it. We'll. Oh. I think that her name is. Oh. I like this. Yeah. I feel like you should dance. Do you think Google knows? Hey Google, please allow me. Yeah, that's wrong. Probably the first Let's see. Hey Google. Play the Lebanese national anthem. Okay, playing the album Lebanon, Kolina Lilutan Lil Ola Lil Alam, Lebanese national anthem, all of us, for our country, on Spotify. <laughs> oh, heck yes. Hey Google. Hey Google. Volume 10. Volume <laughs> 10. 
Japanese listeners. <laughs> We're dancing with you. I feel like we should do this. There's probably a second verse. Oh. No. Oh, nice. They have to fit it in before their baseball games. <laughs> it's very short. Okay, now last question before um, we... Who knows? I think the shortest person in Lebanon's name is Rosie. Mm-hmm. Do you think she's a priest? No. <laughs> You're probably right about that, wrong yeah. about Rosie. <laughs> okay, what does the Lebanese flag look like? I do know this. It has a red stripe and a white stripe and a red stripe and mm-hmm. a red, red tree. No. Green tree. There are no red trees, Paul. I thought on the flag it was red. It's not. Oh, what am I thinking? Yeah, it's a green tree. It's a bleeding forest. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, one last question about Lebanon, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Um, let's see. What does the word where what's that etymology of the word Lebanon or where did the name come from? It's gonna be some sort of description of the land. Yes. Good. What kind of description? Um what is I don't even I don't even know the geography of Lebanon. It's an arid um something about like the the earth itself there like not like mount like the soil maybe this is not what i would have guessed it says that it comes the name mount lebanon originates from the phoenician root word can't pronounce this l lbn meaning white apparently from its snow-capped peaks oh mount lebanon is um a mountain range in Lebanon. In, in Lebanon. Um, okay, there's mountains in Lebanon. Folks, we'll all see you guys um, next time we hike in the mountains of Lebanon. For now, how do you say goodbye in Lebanon, Lebanese? I don't know. What's your guess? Um... They say. It is Lebanese Dalvin. language. <laughs> Alvin? They speak Arabic. Yeah. I guess Lebanese Arabic is what we're going for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to how do you say bye in Arabic? I don't know. How to say bye in Lebanese Arabic. Um. Wadan Filubnan. Wadan Filubnan. No. Wadan Oh no, what it did what it did is it translated. Oh it says bye in Lebanese. <laughs> You're saying bye in uh, Lebanese. Okay. In Lebanese. Classic. Okay. Wadan. Wadan. Try it. Wadan. 
Well done. Well done. All right. And now last thing that we're going to end on is my friend who I met, a, met last November said, um, what was it? This, she had this tattoo that was really cool. It doesn't have to do with Lebanon. My computer's still going to die. It was called, what was it? Oh, yeah. It was different than this, but that was what it meant. Surrender to your instincts. I'm sure people in Armenia do not sound like that. <laughs> it was like or something like that. But so be it. Do you have any last words, Paul? Before, any last words? <laughs> yeah, sure. Last words. On the podcast? Um, any sort of words. Flargan Morgan. Do you have another last words? As if they were really your last words, if you're going to die right now, what would you say? <laughs> oh my god, okay. I, what well, would like, you say? I would say, I love you, world. World? Yes. I love everyone. No! <laughs> New one. I, if I was going to die right now, mm-hmm. I would say, Maya, you're a great roommate and I love you. And tell my family I love them. <laughs> I'll do it, Paul. And tell my loved ones that I love them. Tell my girlfriend I love her. Mm-hmm. And then I would die. <laughs> yeah. That's tragic. Bye, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> Paul. <laughs> <I'm> Paul. <laughs>